Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for couple therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's Where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies Talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling To messy situations, shits and conscious and coupling From Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu Tech sex, regrets, so feeling on your new jubu They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah you are invited, ah Needing therapy, I guarantee baby we got it It's up, up, up. And welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Andy. And I'm Naomi. We are a real-life couple. Real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple different questions from a couple different listeners. <laughs> that was so really emphasizing the words. Honestly, Naomi, trying to do it differently. Every week, it's wow, tough. Wow, Same wow, words. Wow. Where do you put the emphasis to have a little fun? To bring a little joy into your life and the lives of our many listeners. Honey, that's Where? what I'm trying to do. Have Where? a little fun, bring a little joy in. I'll tell you that right now. You got to bring joy in. You got to do something. I'll tell you what <laughs> you I'm gotta, Yeah, You're like, well, I don't know about bringing joy in, but you have to do literally something. <laughs> that's why I don't get Naomi. We got this review on iTunes. By the way, let me tell you this, folks. Five stars only. All right. You're not doing, you're not giving an accurate review of the show. We just need these. We just <laughs> oh, need your five stars, okay? We, we don't want real criticism is what I'm trying to that's say. That's what we're saying, okay? The reviewing the show is a way to help us appear in people's iTunes and other podcast app searches, all right? You're letting them know that this is quality content. If you're listening, I assume you enjoy it. And if you enjoy it, give us five. Just let people know it's a good time. Give a listen. Yeah, and you can write a review that's like, this is great. Or honestly, say how you really feel in the review, but give it five stars anyway. Oh, okay, I'll, okay. I'll allow that. Okay. Because this person wrote, I love the show, but honestly have to frequently fast forward past the constant cynicism from Andy about the state of the world in which I am desperately trying to escape for an hour. Honestly, Naomi, I'll say this. I am cynical. And honestly, I would say I'm realistic, not cynical. That that is a that my take on the world is a realistic portrait of the earth we're living on. However, however, constant every once in a while, I would say it's peppered through like a spice, like a fine smoked paprika. I don't think that I should argue with you <laughs> as you tell people <laughs> to leave five stars and say they're having a good time. I don't think we should start the episode arguing, but I think. 
you know, when you title your review can be annoyingly negative and give it three stars, <laughs> you could have just sent a DM, okay? Because mm-hmm. you ain't helping us. You actively trying to bring us down because there was something that you didn't like. And I say, you know what? You could either tell that to somebody you love <laughs> or you could let it go. Or you can stop listening to the program. But don't you come up in here leaving us a three-star review. Attacking your man. Coming for my man. <laughs> my negative socialist bae. Yes, that's who he is. And if you listen it, well, honey, strap the fuck in. That's the journey we on. And I try to stop him. You know that if you're a listener. But you coming up in here with a three. With a three stars. Can't be annoyingly negative. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, look. Okay. I'm sorry. I tell you I try to stop him. But it is what it is. Okay. How are you? How is how as as the non-depressed one in this couple, you are you are just as if not more negative than I am. Yes, but I know when to keep it to myself <laughs> for the sake of entertainment, Andrew. I'm a professional performer. And that's what you getting. You getting somebody who said, you know what? People came to hear us. They didn't want to hear about the situation. And by the situation, I mean the world slash existence. Not, not the reality <laughs> star. No, not that. Wow, Andy. Hot rough. You know who the situation is. I can name you three reality stars. The situation, Bethany Frankel, uh-huh. Countess Luann. Ah, I thought that would be, and that's only because we've done a cover of Money Can't Buy You Class. Uh, as the silver juice. <laughs> so anyway, you guys, come on now. Five stars. We need it to live. We need it to survive. <laughs> it takes zero seconds. Costs you nothing, but helps us a lot. Also, aren't you bringing more negativity into the world? Now, Andrew, please stop <laughs> fighting with the comment. I didn't read the comment for you to stop fighting with the comment. <laughs> I would like to point out, by the way, when we were like, oh, what should we talk about in the intro? This is what Naomi brought this up, not me. I was going to let it die. But and- then you decided to fight with the comment. See, that's <laughs> no, no, why we'll be- you brought it up. You wanted to talk about it. My sweet little bae. You see how he tried to save it by saying, my sweet little bae. You know what? We ain't got time for this ribbon and running. Let me tell you some stuff real quick. If you are in the Vermont area, you can see me November 11th and 12th at Vermont Comedy Club. Two shows each night. Should be a fun time, honey. I'm coming all the way from L.A. straight to Vermont, touching down, doing some shows. I would love if people were around. And wore a mask. Yes, please mask up because I will be traveling. I'm seeing my family. I'm seeing people who are immunocompromised. I'm trying to do a lot of stuff. The last thing I need is to be sidelined by the cocoa, you know, and even worse. Who fucking knows? Anyway, the negativity. That's how you get three stars. I won't even bring it up, but please wear a mask, <laughs> please, for the shows. Also, if you still want to see me in New York City at the Bell House on November 17th and you couldn't because the 7.30 show is sold out, guess what? We have added a 10 p.m. show. Yes, so there's another chance to see me. Come through, get your tickets, bring your mask. Let's have some fun. Can you announce who's going to be there at that one? Oh, yeah, 10 p.m. I got Irene Morales joining me. I got Queen Aparta Nonchurla joining me. Okay, so we're going to have some fun at that late show. So get some tickets. If you in L.A. and you got nothing to do this Friday, Mm -hmm. you can catch me at Largo. Whoo, baby, we got a cavalcade of stars. I'm bringing you Canada's finest kings. That's what I'm calling it. (laughs) Robbie Hoffman, Steph Tolev, Sabrina Jalise. That's an amazing show. And it is going to be wonderful. Uh, all these links, show notes, link tree, you can find it. But that is this Friday, 8.30 at Largo. Now, I would say this episode, no negativity at all. This was just... Well... So, person who wrote that wrote that thing... You let that go. <laughs> this, this episode, this our guest was a delight. She lifted us up. Literally, I will tell you, Andy and I had like gotten into an argument and weren't even talking. And then we recorded the episode and it was like, I love you. Okay. (laughs) That is how good this episode made us feel. I hope you will feel it too. You've already heard her gorgeous dulcet tones. 
the beautiful British tones of Miss London Hughes. London is an actor, a stand-up. She has a Netflix special out called To Catch a Dick. Mm. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And all you New York people, you can see London live at Union Hall on November 11th at 9.30 p.m. running her new hour as part of the New York Comedy Festival. So come through, support her. She's excited about New York. She said it's her first time. So it's like, let's show her some love. She is the best. And I know it would make her so happy if you were like, I heard you on couples therapy. So go get some tickets if you can to see London. And you know what? Without further ado, honey. Roll it. Are you our first person from the UK? Is that true? That That feels crazy. That feels crazy. That's That's an honor. It's an honor if that's the case. Thank you. Let's say it is. I also know that I have a friend of mine who will be so happy to have you. She's such a fan. But also she told me, she goes, Naomi, I don't listen to the podcast with it's white people. (laughs) She literally said I only listen. You know what? Yeah, that is so funny. Because I have myself have done, I call it Caucasian content. And you have to like analyze how much Caucasian content you're consuming. Because, (laughs) and so I'm the same. I'm very much like... I need, if it's just full Caucasian, like I can't, I need a sprinkling of something else in there. Right. So Absolutely. I understand. I I understand. No right. offense to the whites. No, we no. love you. Oh, but no. They, just, look, if you no, listen no. to this podcast, you know how I feel about no. you. Yes. I love okay, some cool. of you. I'll tell some of you about yourself. It's like too yes. much Matt Berry. You need a little Richard Ayoade. Thank, thank you. Yes. And love the references. Yes. Exactly that. Because I'm 33 and my whole life, I've consumed Caucasian content more than yeah. any other content. So now I, I have to be very aware of it, you know? So yeah. I get your girl. I get your home girl. I have a question for you. We do not like to talk about the biz and everything, but I mm-hmm. do. I'm very curious, you know, um, being a black female comic coming up in the UK mm-hmm. And also at the age you are, because you're just a little bit younger than me, but the point is you grew up at a time where I think we were all more aware of how we presented, what we were saying, and how it conveyed to the others. Yes, yes. Um, Did you, like, what was it like coming up? Did you feel like people were expecting you to be a certain way? You know what I mean? How much did that hold? I started stand-up when I was 19 years old, and I remember walking on stage and people thinking I was a singer. They thought it was the break. They would get up and leave. And be like, oh, interval. And I'm just like, no, I'm I'm not gonna sing. I'm oh, I'm gonna God. do something. And because I was so young looking as well. And then on top of that, like it was just me and then a bunch of old white dudes. So yeah, as soon as I come on stage, they were thinking like, it's the break. So I had that. I had a lot of like, you know, I remember doing some jokes and people just not sure whether they could laugh or not. Cause British white people are very, very, very polite and they're very Wait, like, yes. <laughs> but this is the thing. No, but you, the stereotype is they're polite. But it's, they're 10 times, like they even laugh differently. Like gigging in London versus gigging in America is mad. Like they literally, <laughs> like they don't let themselves go. So I'd be on stage being like, yeah, I fucked this dude and this and sitting on his face. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, should we, I'm not sure if we can laugh. Can we laugh? <laughs> and then, yeah. And talking about black issues to white people, they're like, is that racist if I right, laugh right. even though it's you? It was, so I had a lot of that and yeah it's the british comedy is definitely a white man's world yeah i'm mm. trying to change i will be changing that right. but uh currently yeah it's gotten better now but yeah, yeah in the beginning it was crazy babe crazy right, yeah, yeah i mean i can only imagine especially because i mean as you said you're so you started young like you were i mean 
a legal drinker, so at least you could yes. be in the pubs and the clubs. Yes, but I still, could. you know what yes. I mean? People look at you like, I'm like, oh, from the Lord. pubs to the clubs. In the pubs <laughs> to the clubs. I started at university and my university talent show. That was my first ever gig. Wow. I know. I know. Oh my God, that's precious. Wait, I know, London. is it so cute? It is. I gotta ask, are you <laughs> yes, posh? People. I don't know. Like, <laughs> so you came from Thornton Heath. I don't know come anything on, about. Come on, research. Come on, research. <laughs> Yes, I came from Fort and Heave, and yes, I like the way you say it. Yes, <laughs> research. Okay, this is the thing. I am, I would call my family middle class. So I would say, yes, I'm posh, but no, I'm not as posh as some of my friends. But I am stereotypically a black person from Britain. People will look at me and assume certain things about me, and it's the opposite. And those assumptions come from stereotypes based on poverty around black people. Mm-hmm. So um, our version of the project is called an estate. It actually sounds yes. so yes. nice. Council so, estate. Um, a council Gorgeous. estate. I'm not from a council estate, but because I'm black and loud, and like, people just assume. They just assume that I'm from a council estate. And Fort and Heath Croydon, there's a nice part of there and there's a not so nice part. And people just assume I'm from the not so nice part because I'm black, but I'm from the nice part. The nice part. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. But then I'm I'm not so nice adjacent. Like I, you know, I get it, but I'm not from the streets. I'm very much pavement. I'm yes. pavement. I am curb. I am I'm not street. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'm cobbled path, I would say. Cobbled <laughs> path. <laughs> like my mum bought a hotel in Brighton, which is the seaside, when I was 14. So I was only in Fort and Heath till like, the age of 14. So, Wait, the seaside? You grew up on the seaside, seaside like yes. Broadchurch? Were there any murders you saw? There were no That's murders. all I know about the UK. It was better than Broadchurch. Broadchurch makes the seaside look terrible. No, it was like, imagine like, oh, what shows do you have? I don't know what references you could use. We watch but... a lot of British shows. Yeah, that's so. Okay, so... There was a show I mean, called Sugar, Sugar Rush, and it was literally set where I lived. And it's about this lesbian, mixed race girl falling in love with her white female friend. And it was shot around Brighton and the seaside. And that's, they did that well. So, um, okay. yeah, Sugar, um, have you seen the film Angus Fongs and Full Frontal Snogging? Any of you? <laughs> no, now seen, you're it's just a very niche. Now you're just making it, you're like so, throwing in like British phrases. No, just to confuse us. There's a maybe you guys call it something differently here, but there's a British film. It's amazing. It's called Angus Wongs and Full Frontal Snogging. It's based on a book, and it's got um, uh, uh, Aaron. What's Sam Taylor Wood's husband called? Aaron, who played Kickass. What's his name? Oh. Come on, guys, you know who I'm talking about. I know who you're talking. About. He's he gorgeous. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron Taylor Johnson. We'll just call him Kickass. This, we had Kickass in it before Kickass, yep. and he's really cute and hot in it. And that shows the seaside, British seaside, perfectly. And okay. that was my life. I grew up, went to the beach every day, and got okay. drunk. That was a good life. That sounds <laughs> idyllic. That sounds beautiful. It was beautiful. Yes. That's so cute. Oh my gosh, I love it. Little London skipping on the little beaches. Can you imagine? And I can't swim. And I can't swim. And it's so funny, like... You know your black ass need to swim. (laughs) Growing up by the damn beach. Honestly, like, when I tell my American friends I can't swim, they're like, how can you not swim? I'm like, where would I swim? I'm from England. We don't have... We don't... we we, We don't have, like, swimmable seas. Like it's always cold and dirty, so I would I'd never go in the sea. Then so you just hang out by the sea. And you yeah, guys we we, can, we look pools? at the sea. We sit at the. We don't even have sand. Brighton Beach is all rocks and pebbles. We don't okay. have sand. Okay. And then okay. 
at school, swimming lessons, the black girls didn't have to do them because white guilt. So we that would hysterical. We'd just be like, oh, my, my best friend Emily at the time, she was amazing. So my blonde hair, skinny little thing, she'd dive in and all the black girls would sit around the, the edge of the pool and put our feet in and be like, miss, we can't swim, we're black. And then she'd be like, uh, okay. Wow. <laughs> that is a whole nother level. But also, you're also giving me exactly what I expect from England. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, um, but, yeah, that sounds like all blighty if I know. Yeah. We can't swim. What's funny? So my mom, uh, I took swimming lessons when I was young for that kind of reason. My mom was like, because she didn't know how to swim and she really wanted me to learn how to swim. So I just went to the Y. Yeah. Like nearby. Learned to swim when I was little. 135th Y? Yeah, 135th Y. And then, and then um, once I pretty much I got through puberty and was like, oh, I don't want anyone to see me in a bathing suit. I just never swam again. You know, I wouldn't go out and do that stuff. But then when I was in Australia... I did a Great Barrier Reef tour and I realized I can swim, but I actually am afraid of the ocean. Like I'm afraid of like looking out and it's just like, I don't know how deep this goes. I don't know what the creatures are. Just the expanse of it? Yes. Are you afraid of riptides? I'm afraid of riptides. I'm afraid of riptides. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. What the fuck? Terrifying. I just learned what they were last year (laughs) when I moved here. I said, listen, no. Why would, white people are so brave. Like I just couldn't, that's Personally, because they think the world likes like it's inherently oh, safe. You see what I'm I saying? Just, when you yes. think it's inherently safe, you will try some shit. I, that's the thing. They're triers. I, I, I can't tread water. So I could swim. I can drown really well. <laughs> and I, <laughs> like, I'm so good at drowning. Like I've drowned like six or seven times. Like I'm very good at drowning. But if I'm in, I can swim perfectly fine. But the moment I realize I'm in a water that's deep where I can't yes. stand up, I'll drown. You get so anxious. I'll panic yeah, get scared. and yeah, drown. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like yeah, yeah. the fact that like my friends like just overcome that. It's a mental thing. Just overcome that. But then you overcome that, get caught in a riptide, you're dead anyway. So it's just like there's no reason exactly. for me to enter the water. There's no reason. <laughs> Do you feel like all. you made a mistake moving here or is Britain <laughs> falling apart faster than us? I have Thanks. a Russian therapist and I was like, are you mad that you moved here from Russia and now things are getting worse? Like what is... I re- think that I I was the problem. When I left, everything went to shit. Like, everything <laughs> went to shit. Like, it's so crazy how much has gone to shit since I left. I left in February 2020. Oh, and then wow. COVID happened. And then Brexit, the Brexit rules started getting, like, forced. Then there was, like, all the gas, the war in the UK and everything. Everything happened. And then Boris Johnson, like, it just, it right. all just blew up in the UK. And I was just like, yeah, it's because of me. <laughs> I shouldn't have left. I shouldn't have left. So we no. have you to blame for Corbyn being blame kicked me. to the curb? Blame me. I really like Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah, and my too. dad, my dad doesn't. He, he, he thinks Corbyn is too far left. So he thinks it's a bit much. But for me, it was kind of cool. And I met him a couple of times. He likes black girls. And, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, like so white did you like, smash yeah, Jeremy Corbyn? I would smash. We 100% would smash. You I would, like but have you guys that like black women. Like I can yeah. tell when I meet a, yes, of course. a swell. And yep. I meet this, and I meet these white men, and I'm just like, "You fuck with me." Yeah, and yeah, for yeah, that yeah, reason, yeah, yeah. I fuck with you. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. Corbin's like that. Um, but yeah, uh, I feel like I'm coming. I'm going back to London next month, so maybe I can try and change some stuff yeah, because yeah, we've yeah. got this new prime minister now. Don't nobody know what she does, who she is. She's terrible. She's worse than Boris Johnson, and she literally made the pound, the value of the pound, drop lower than the pa- value of the dollar. Because she did some crazy shit. Right. So basically, 
it's all gone to shit and they need me and they I'm coming. You. Yeah. I mean, who would, who would have known home. with a Tory in charge that yeah, who would, would be known? fucked up? <laughs> who would have known? You know? Honestly. Oh, and it's, sometimes, it's so weird watching your country from another country. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, when the Queen died, I was here. And like, I remember being annoyed because I'm like missing history. So I went to like the Beverly Wilshire where they filmed Pretty Woman just so I could feel something. And I ordered, <laughs> I ordered a cocktail and sat there and ate some cake. And I was like, this is why I did when the Queen died. Because I just felt like I couldn't just be in my house watching Real Housewives. I had to yeah. be doing something. And right. like, I was watching like Britain. And I was like, what are you doing, Britain? And, and, and then I was like, mom, can you believe what's going on? And she's like, I know I'm, I'm about to join the queue. I was like, wait, what, what, mom? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to the queen's funeral. And my mom was all up in it. She really? was at the funeral. She did the queue. She did everything. And I wow. was like, maybe it's because I've lived in America for two years. I can see how crazy that shit looks. But at the time, I probably would have joined that queue and been at the right. funeral too. It's so weird. It's right. so weird. Britain. But are you, I just assume this about every black Brit, are you Nigerian? Oh my God, don't do that. I'm don't sorry. Don't do that. I'm sorry. That's like who I meet. I meet the other Wait, Nigerians no, because my bad. dad is Nigerian and all like, and so a bunch of his siblings live in the UK. So everyone no. I meet, every black person I, I meet is Nigerian, British black person is Nigerian. This so I'm like, so, are, okay, you know I, that they, this, they colonized like half of the globe. Yes, right? yes, yes. No, okay. no, no. I'm very, very, I'm very, very, I guess. So that this part. is the thing. I am Nigerian, but the fact that you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm partially asked knowing <laughs> there was some But I'm only a little it. bit. But only a little. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fact that like every Brit you've met is Nigerian is so interesting to me because I just feel like, a lot of famous black Brits are African and my mum was born in Jamaica. And so my mum was born in Jamaica, but my dad, my granddad is Nigerian. So I'm Jamaican and Nigerian and a little bit Cuban and Spanish and Puerto Rican. But the main ones are Jamaican and Nigerian. And Mm. it's interesting to me because I keep meeting other Nigerians that are doing well, that are British and I'm like, what about my Jamaicans? I, I feel like I feel like we had Bob, we had a good run. We had Bob Marley. Yeah. You know, we had we had Usain Bolt. We had Cool Runnings. <laughs> like, but then after that, I feel like the Nigerian culture and Ghanaian culture and the and the people that became famous from that culture have eclipsed Jamaican famous people. So I'm. I'm secretly Nigerian, but I got to fly the right, flag you gotta, to Jamaica. Yeah, you got to fly the Jamaican flag. Yeah, I, I got to fly it. the Jamaican flag. Because we're lacking, right? We ain't got nobody right now. No one. Think of everyone. John Boyega, Daniel Kaluuya, Michaela Cole, all African. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, so it's on you. So you have a lot to do. You have a lot to do. And it's, it's you know, a lot me, of pressure, man. London. I don't want you to... Don't put too much pressure on yourself, honey. I mean, I am. Because I'm just like... <laughs> it can't be you saying Bolt up there forever. I just I need to... <laughs> Crazy, right? Crazy. <laughs> well, okay, we have to pivot to, and look, your Netflix special is titled To Catch a Dick, so I think this will be easy for you to talk about all things dating and relationships, because... Well, um, we know your sexual history from yes. your special. <laughs> yes. But what about, like, your romantic history? Yes, like, more? tell me about little London in Brighton. Was she having crushes? <sighs> yes, or she was. always having boyfriends? You know what I mean? Like, what was no, kind of your relationship? Okay. So I was a nerd in school. I got bullied so much. Um, <gasps> what? My I beautiful know, queen? I know. I got bullied in, so we have like primary school, secondary school, which is primary school is the age of like five to 11. Secondary school is like 12 to 15, 16. Then you go to college for two years till you're 18. Then you go to university from 18 to 21. 
I got bullied in primary school, secondary school, and I was calling college and university. So I'm eight, I was bullied at 18 as well. Oh like, but basically I had, I wasn't as cute as I am now. Well, I didn't think I was as cute as I am now. Maybe I was bad, always bad, cute. That's the, right. Yeah, I didn't think I was You weren't owning it. You weren't rocking it. I was, I, inside, my personality is banging. But like my outside, I just always wanted to be lighter skinned. I wanted to have better hair. I hated my nose. I hated my big lips. I got bullied for my big lips, which is insane now because they're my right. selling point. But at the time, like, I just remember feeling... <laughs> Very low self-esteem within my looks, but my personality and talent, I always, I always knew, but mm-hmm. my looks, no. So when it came to boys, they didn't, they didn't show me any time of day until I turned like 15, 16. And then I got hot and I got bullied by these girls because at my school, because there was this boys school and it was like all the coolest boys went there. And there was this one guy, I, I'm not going to say his name, but he was like a cool boy. Let's call him Jeffrey. Okay. Jeffrey was a cool kid. And um, he, I, he, I, he didn't even know I existed to my knowledge. And one day I was walking to school and he was like, he was behind me. I didn't know. And he was like, excuse me. And I just carried on walking. Yeah, and he was like, excuse me. I looked at him, saw it was him. Then carried on walking again. Like he can't be talking to right. me. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, buffing. And a buffing is like a compliment. If you're a buff, that means you're sexy, attractive. So he was like, buffing. And I was like, he's definitely not talking to me. <laughs> and then he was like, I'm talking to you. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, me? And then he was like, yeah, you're cute, you know? And I was like, thanks. And he was like, what's your name? I'm like, London. He's like, London, let me have your number. I was like, <gasps> Okay. And you remember those Nokia? I had the little Nokia. Yes, of course. Of 3210 with snake, on it. with snake on it. So I gave him my number. And then I went to school and I was so excited that a hot, popular guy from the school across from ours, like, was interested in me. So I remember telling these girls in my food technology, aka home, home economics. Is that what you guys mm-hmm, call it? Mm-hmm. Home economics class. And I said to her, like, Oh, yeah, Jeffrey asked me for my number. And she was like, You're ugly. No, he didn't. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, but he, he, he did. Yeah. And she was like, let me see. And then he texts me and I showed her like the text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she had his number two. So <gasps> no! then she was like, wait, wait, what? And then she told all the popular girls. And then after school, I think they called him to meet no. me after school and in front of everyone. And he was like, and they were just like, tell her right now she's ugly. And he was like, you're ugly. I never asked you for your number. You're oh. lying in front of everyone. And I went oh my crying. god, London! Yeah. I want to hug baby London, and I, I want to punch all them women oh as adults god. now. Oh my like, god! As, yes. I still hold it no, against name them. them na- name all of them now, <laughs> so that people can attack them online. This I'm gonna tell thing. you my theory, okay? Because most people say, "Oh, is somebody bad?" To be to be that evil as a child, when like your life is meaning you ain't got work, you ain't got kids, you got. If you that evil at 15, you didn't get better at 30. Exactly. I, I don't right I don't think that these women have changed. I it's weird because I am thriving and it's always the ones that were bullied in school that end up, you know, the popular girls in school aren't the popular girls in life. But I just remember being bullied by women and it was always over like a guy being interested in me and them just being like, nah, no, how can he be? You're so ugly. And then oh the guy being like, God. oh, actually, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, 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 are these yeah. all honkies? Huh? <laughs> sorry. He said, are these all honkies? Which no, are white these, people? these are black men. These are but black I'm saying men. the girl with the girls, black, black women. Uh, yeah, the, the only time I got bullied by white girls was when I went when I moved to the uh, seaside town. Yeah. I, I went from a black, predominantly black female all girls school 
70% black and I went to a mixed school yeah. and I was the only black person in my school. Ah, and so That's not a mixed school. Right. <laughs> Just I know. you. But this is the thing. They knew they couldn't call me the N-word because Britain, we don't really say the N-word, but they will call me everything else. So there's a racial slur for people from Pakistan and it's called Paki. Yeah. And so this girl told me to fuck off back to Africa, you Paki. And she was like, I was in grade 10. So I'm like, yeah, nearly the top of the school. And she's set grade seven. <laughs> but her, she's a little tiny girl, but her sister was in grade 11. That's the top of the school. Yeah. And her sister was crazy. And so she knew she could run she her mouth and do whatever. Yeah. So yeah, she told, she told me to ever back to Africa, called me a packy. I was like, geographically, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> like I was like so <laughs> mad at her. And then her sister beat me up. <laughs> so Jesus. yeah, I got it a lot. I got beat up a lot. A now, but, okay, but London, like, here's the thing. But then again, you know, because you have been acting, you've been presenting. Did you ever hear from any of these All of them. evil little people? All of them. Oh. It's so funny. So obviously, God bless Facebook, because Facebook got invented when I was at university. It, I was the Facebook generation. And <laughs> um, I ended up doing well in university. So I got started doing stand-up. Then I got a TV show. I was presenting the equip well, children's BBC, CBBC. So I was basically like what Nick Cannon was for Nickelodeon. Uh-huh. I was that for children's TV for two years and I was only 20 at the time. So a lot of them had had kids by then. And their <laughs> little kids, their little kids, guess who their little kids wanted to watch on TV every Saturday <gasps> and Sunday morning? The chick you kicked in the face. So look at life. <laughs> look at life. So they would hit me up on Facebook and be like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. My daughter loves you. And I would just ignore it because yeah. I'm still, yeah. I'm not, I'm bitter. I'm not bitter, but I'm better. So I just would be like, nah. But yeah, yeah I think, yeah, no, I don't know what any of them are doing. They're Good. not doing as well as me. Well, yes, of course. Look, I believe, none of them are doing as well as me. <laughs> I believe in holding on to spite. I yes. believe that spite is good. That you yes. can't, can't overpower. Can't be the the um, the primary emotion you're feeling, but there has to be some place in your heart, a little container of spite that you sprinkle on something, <laughs> like yes. a like a like a spice. Literally, and the thing is, I'm not. I'm a type of girl where killing with kindness is is basically my energy. That's what I like to do. But some people, you can just be nice to, but not forget. Like you can just, you know, just. Like, if, for example, if I was going to a club and they couldn't get in and I saw them all outside, I would feel better if I let them in the club. I would. If I made them stand outside, I would feel... Because that means that I haven't grown from it and it means that I'm I'm still angry. And the thing is, I'm not still angry. I just haven't forgot. So, like... I, I'm just like, hey, I'm blessed. Come through. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, your, even my haters, I love you. I'm blessed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I get what so you're saying. Blessed. Well, because it's also in a way, and this is because, you know, I don't have um, a healthy outlook. Uh, <laughs> because cause basically, like, if you... It's about keeping your side of the street clean, right? Because mm-hmm. you can tell these stories from the past, and it's like you were just out here trying to live, trying to have a little boyfriend, trying to do some school, right? And these people yeah. were in your face. Yeah. Whereas if later, right, you were to see them later, and then you then become the perpetrator, now you your side of the street ain't clean. Exactly. Now it is and now like, they can say, well, we, 10 years ago in school, we were a cheater, but now she's a whole asshole. And exactly. that's the thing. No, there's one thing no one could call me is an asshole. <laughs> I am the sweetest, loveliest person. So <laughs> I am nice 
to everyone. But if those people never get better, they're going to call you stuff anyway. So you might as well. Sp- oh, you're like, go spike. low. With being Michelle Obama, you're being Kanye West. Good to know. Good to know. How, how <laughs> dare you? Oh, how dare you? Pick a different, pick a, pick a different, a different, a different cycle. What is wrong with Kanye West nowadays? Oh, bless him. He's, I mean, he is. I think you can never, this is the thing. I want success, but I never want to get so rich that people can't be honest with me. 100%. And I think 100%. this is what happens. Like, certainly he has things going on mentally, but there's never, there's not anybody around who's like, you need help, or that's not funny, or that's not good. Like, no one's ever saying that. This is the thing. If they are, he's not, like, I did this tweet, and it's gone, like, a couple thousand people were like, you're so right. <laughs> and it was just me being like, I believe that Kanye West, has, obviously is a narcissist, but he he's regressing into a childlike state where he thinks his personal problems are world problems. And when we don't care about his personal problems, he then acts out for our attention. And then when we're like, how can you say white lives matter? He's like, how did you let Pete tattoo my kid's initial, initials on his neck? And it's like, like, that's the same, that's not the same thing, Kanye. <laughs> like, what is going on? So I think, yeah, I, I have friends that are friends with him and they think he's really nice. Like, they're, they're like, he's a lovely guy. He's just a bit lost, but it's interesting to see what happens to him. It's yeah. very interesting because I hope he, I don't see him coming back from this. I think this is it now. I think you can't. Well, if you're that wealthy, I th- I think wealth is the thing, right? Because it changes you into a, an alien, basically. <laughs> yeah. Right? You no longer have the You were exactly right, right? He, he thinks his concerns are global concern. Like the UN should have some kind of <laughs> Some commission. gap, some Capri pan, like... <laughs> <laughs> It's just like they don't, they don't understand about the Capri pant. It's like Kanye. No one cares about the Capri pant. Just you, just you, sir. Like, oh god. Yeah, you're right. Ugh. If he gives away his money tomorrow, which would be a crazy thing for anyone, but like if he did, then I think maybe the the uh, the economic circumstances of having to live in the real world might ground him. But 100%. at this point, he's basically like. You know, Independence Day. I don't know. Pick another alien. That was a weird yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, I get it. But e. also, he could never get away, give away his money because he now got a, two Kardashian babies to take care of. So he got to maintain a four. four. Are they all his? Okay, so he's got four. four. See, this is the thing. What what we can't all agree to do as a nation is just to ignore him. Like I think if literally people just stopped talking about whatever it is he does that he would have to kind of come down because he would act out. He wouldn't get the attention. This is like any toddler. And then they would have to learn to self-soothe. We need to sleep train him. We have to sleep train Kanye. Okay. Let him cry it out. Please tweet. Kanye needs to self-soothe. Like I would like you to tweet that. And I would want to, I would, I'm going to retweet it. And uh, do it. You can do it. And Kanye then I'll needs just to self soothe. It's like the, I want to put it on a t-shirt. Kanye <laughs> needs to self soothe. It's He's so true. Oh, Oh, also, I have the, I feel, I feel like there's this thing called, um, I call it like celebrity. What do I call it? I have a, te- I had a term for it, like celebrity currency in terms of w- what you put out versus the bad that you've done. Sometimes it cancels it out. So I'll give an example. So, um, <laughs> to some people, Michael Jackson is so much of a legend and has done so much and contributed so much to the world that the rumors, 
alleged rumours, whatever, of what was going on with him and the children, they were like, I don't believe it. I don't want to believe it. I don't have to even listen to it because he has done so much. It's not going to change my opinion of the man in death or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And then Chrissy Teigen, (laughs) on the flip side, Chrissy Teigen said some terrible things on Twitter and was telling girls to kill themselves. And she got cancelled and she wanted to come back. And I was like, no, your celebrity currency is not high enough like you haven't given the world enough to be forgiven for these things like what have what have you done like if if stevie wonder had told some girls to kill themselves it's like it's stevie like it's he did songs in the key of life like how Uh, right we're gonna have to Uh, let him have this one let me let me see if i got this right so if woody allen would have died after like crimes and misdemeanors or Hannah and her sisters. Yes. Everything would have been okay. But the last half of yes. his career has destroyed, Destroy. has, like take he's lost all that currency. So yes. all that's left is just is, the fucked up shit he did. In exactly. It needs to be a balance. And with Kanye West, um, unfortunately, he has so much currency that he People are still going to overlook this shit. But like shit. when? His currency was like in 2004, right? But like it's just so strong. Those. Like Through the yeah. Wire is such a good like song and everything he did, his college dropout album, his albums, like it's, 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 but it's I just, just... I know what you mean, but I'm like, I guess from in my head they seem so much longer ago, right? Like I feel like are. the music is so long. I'm like, how long does he get to ride on college he, he just He just needs to, make, all he has to do is make another banging album and like we forgot, we remember we were angry with Kanye. Then the documentary came out on Netflix, Ye- Yeezus, yeah, yeah, Yeezus, yeah. and we all forgot that he said that slavery was a choice, and we were banging his music. <laughs> and so it's like his currency is too. You strong. can't say we. I didn't do that, legend. <laughs> Listen, you can't say we. I'm yeah, don't look Don't wrap us into this we. Of okay, Naomi, you did not as black people, <laughs> but I would say after that documentary, no, 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 yes, yes, yes. Yeah, were black yes. people still listening to Kanye West? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Were black yeah. people still buying Yeezys and whatever the fuck he sells? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. think it's all about your currency. Right. And so I just feel like he won't... He, I, I think that he won't come back from this in terms of like... I don't think he's going to be the fashion designer. He's not going to be yeah. Versace. But in terms of if he dropped another album, will people listen to it? Yes. God, yes. I heard, I saw I saw something that said he was on Tucker Carlson. I was just he like, was. He was. He was. So wow. he, do you know it's what, like babe? Much. I just saw a clip of him talking about the fact that he said that Lizzo, this is what I hate. People keep Lizzo's name out of your fucking mouth. Uh, he you said know. Lizzo was, what was demo- her, the fact that she's overweight and happy and thriving and publicly doing it is demonic. <laughs> he said it's demonic, Naomi demonic demonic well he's just cr- trying to create his his church right so he is like yeah. he's a cult setting leader up, he yeah is, he's setting up the he's whole pantheon <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he's a real cult leader energy now he definitely but just think like, about in christianity who's the fun one lucifer right <laughs> nah listen god turned water into wine listen if you had a friend that could turn water like hey pat out like what <laughs> uh, what like he, he God was not God. Jesus, Jesus was fun. Jesus what has he done recently? <laughs> okay, he hasn't done anything recently, but I'm just saying it's that's his currency. Jesus, that's his, right, currency. his currency. You're gonna hold is, on to that. He, he, they only had water at that party, and he was like, "Don't worry about it. Wine, 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 wine," and everyone got lit. Like, yes, Jesus is down. 
Satan oh, is, wait. I'm sure Satan, I don't know what Satan did. I'm sure Lucifer was, I don't know him personally, but Lucifer, I know that she did. A light bringer? <laughs> we are wait, taking wait, a break. Wait, 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 wait. Before we go to the break, hold on. I just want to know your, your romantic, have you been in love? I want to know, have you been in love? No. Are you in love currently? I'm dating someone. He has been in love. I haven't. I've never been in love. Um, I love myself too much. I don't know why. It's just, Wait, what do you mean? I've had boyfriends. My longest right. relationship has been two and a half years. But looking back on it, I don't think I was in love with him. Because this is how I'd gauge. If I got pregnant, I'd have to think about whether I have to have an abortion. That's like my level of how. So if you can make me think... I could keep it then i'm in love uh-huh. and no guy has ever made me think i could keep it so that's why i feel like i'm not in love but why do you say it's because you love yourself too much because i have such high standards i think i'm such a good person <laughs> that my standards are so high mm-hmm. and i can fall for guys really quickly and like want to have sex with you and want to be with you and want to date you but in terms of loving You've got to tr- love me and treat me better than I treat myself. And that is hard when I treat myself so well. Like, so well. Like, I'm so good to me. So <laughs> it's hard. I've made it hard for any man to compete, if that makes sense. Well, so. okay. I will say for the listener, okay, London has her little cup of tea, okay? It she's got Union Jack mug. Union Jack mug. She's got fresh flowers on the side of her desk, like, just by choice. Like, she's the kind of person who would just have fresh flowers, okay? She has the poster from her special, To Catch a Dick, on the wall. And I'm okay? wearing? Strong female lead sweatshirt. Yeah. So, yes, there is love all around her. There is care. There is tenderness all around her. Thanks. See what I mean? If you saw my wall, there's like three giant pictures of my face. Like framed. <laughs> three. Like cascading down my stairs. Like, oh. I want you guys to hang out now because I want some of of this you want me to catch some of that runoff yeah I want you to I first want, of all I, but this is so crazy when I see you do stand up I was like it me it it me because you have all of the confidence of someone who loves themselves so much when I watch your stuff so I relate to you because I'm like oh my god another bad bitch like because <laughs> British female comedy is very self-deprecating and very just like Oh my, I'm just this, and uh, like, oh my God, like I basically am just so ugly and I'm going to slip in an anal joke for no reason. But yes, my father, he hates me. Like that's British comedy. And like you on stage, so the way you carry yourself, what, what, what you stand for is someone who loves themselves. I think when I watch you. Oh, well, that's nice. I would, it's interesting. Well, because I think what it is, what I... I'm certainly comfortable on stage. I think what it is is that feeling that I do talk about like being depressed or eating my feelings or that yeah. kind of thing in a way that it feels like. But you like- know that's brave because if you were truly insecure, you wouldn't bring that to the step. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, yes. It's part of, it's right. It's part of owning it, right? It's part yeah. of, for me, it was all, it has often been about, I grew up with just like a lot of shame around so many things and in terms mm-hmm. of like your behavior. And I also grew up very much like, you know, how you present yourself is everything and it's all about the presentation you know and that's what my mom's even reaction to my stand-up is like you said that out loud you know what i mean like it right. is like the kind of stuff you don't you don't put that out and so i think a lot of it for me is like saying the stuff i needed to hear at 14 saying the stuff see? i needed so that i didn't see? feel like i was because so you love yourself 
well, this is interesting. Wow, wow. <laughs> For me to be therapized on my own podcast, I'm saying, I wasn't like, ready. You love yourself. And you're in a position where you can stand on stage and be what you needed when you were 14. You can be that for yourself. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We need more I feel black the ladies same. on the show. We need more black ladies on the show. I need these moments. I try to push for it. I need I these moments. I feel the same. That's why I talk about sex on stage. When I'm on stage and talking about sucking dick and sex and whatever, I'm being who I needed when I, because I didn't lose my virginity until I was 18, because I was scared of sex. I was, like, I heard all these stories and rumors and whatever, and I just didn't really know what sex was or whatever. My mum was very prudish. She would never, she'd be like, you can talk to me. And then we'd be watching a TV show and people would be heavy petting and kissing really, like, intensely. And she'd be like, oh, it's a bit much. And I'd be like, well, <laughs> well then how can I talk to you about sex if you can't get through Twilight with me, mom? Like, I don't understand. So I am on stage being free with my mouth because I wanted that when I was younger and now young girls apparently in the UK and wherever my friends are telling me I'm on the train and these girls they must be 15, 16 they're talking about to catch a dick and I like that yeah. I love that and that's why I do it and you on stage talking so freely about your life and being your own hero means you love yourself so I don't want to wow. hear that babes wow wow I hear it Okay, okay, okay. See, this is what can be hard, though, Auntie, because cool black girls who have their shit together, they don't like sad girls. I'm like a little Lexapro baby. And so sometimes I'm like, but I'm sad and I'm scared of everything. And then it's like, and then, and then it's like, London's like, no, babes. No. It's all perfect. Yes, you're thriving. Look at your life. Look, look at your man. I know. We love him. We stay, look. we stay in a king. We do. We do. Look at him. <laughs> What is this? This is what I wanted. This is what I want. You oh. want goals. Oh, goals. This is possible for you. It's possible. Thank oh you. My God. It's Thank so you. possible. My Thank goodness. You. I want it to be, but then like, so I manifested this guy I'm dating now. Ooh, and I literally manifested him. Like, it's scary how well I manifested him. <laughs> now I'm like, because I was like, I want a boyfriend. I want a boyfriend. I want a boyfriend. Manifested this perfect guy. I have him. We're dating. He literally wants to be with me. Wants to marry me. Literally. And I'm like... Oh, okay. <laughs> mm. Oh. Oh. Oh, I'm toxic. Because <laughs> I kept meeting these toxic guys and, and like, they didn't want, like, the worst feeling is when you lower your standards and that yes. guy still doesn't want you. Yes. So I would do that and then uh. I'd be like, what's wrong with me? I want a guy who's on my level, who's actually my standard. And I find him and he wants me and I'm like, okay, I am the problem here. <laughs> Okie dokie. And I'm still dating him and I, and I think he's amazing. But yeah, there's a part, I told him, there was a part of me, I was like, babe, I think that you're just, you got your shit together and like, you really like me and everything's fine. And the reason why I don't like this is because I'm used to excitement, challenge, having to prove my worth to a guy. Whereas you're like, no, I know your worth. You're amazing. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I don't want this. <laughs> so I realize that I'm toxic. So maybe I shouldn't have a boyfriend anytime soon. So, but I'm happily dating. <laughs> you know what you're saying though, you have this awareness and it, I do think it's like one of those things where you have to, it's like, you know, when you jump in the water, okay, the water you can feel the bottom of, okay, don't yes. worry, I'm not going to have you in a riptide. Please, please don't, I'm good at what, drowning. 
you know, you know how you go right, and where it's cold, and you have to kind of submerge yourself mm-hmm. so that it's no longer cold. And I think it's the same thing with this relationship situation. You have got to go all in in terms of getting used to someone treating you this way, yes. because because there because this man he wants to marry you. He may be the person he may not, mm-hmm. but most certainly. This is not going to be something that ends because you can't accept love. That cannot be why. That's what I'm saying. And I know that, which is why I'm like, I would have, I've literally tried to dump him twice and he won't let me. And I'm glad because I shouldn't. But like, yeah, I stop need doing to, that. Stop yeah, doing that. I, I look for things that annoy me. I'm like, you snore. <laughs> and he's just like, you're like, I can't do this for the rest I can't of my do, life. I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't do snorers. Like, you snore. <laughs> like, that is literally conversations we have. And so it's my own problems I've got to get over. But yeah, I do want that. But I think a lot of it, in England, I didn't take any men I was dating seriously because my gut told me, and I don't even know how I could explain it, but my gut was like, you're going to live in America and you're going to be famous in America. So these British boys are okay for now. But the reality is you're not going to be with them when you're famous in America. And I remember I had my boyfriend, I was with for two and a half years, I came to LA for the first time on holiday, on, on vacation. And you know what holiday means, okay? I'm, I'm sorry, bilingual. I'm sorry. I keep telling I'm people I'm bilingual. To, I'm used to being bilingual. <laughs> I'm sorry, I could be British with you. So I came <laughs> on holiday and I was here for a week. It was my first time in LA. And, and I don't, outside of America, outside of LA, I'd only ever been to like Disney World, Orlando. So like, this was my first taste of being in America. Yeah. And I remember just being like walking around uh, West Hollywood and just being like, oh, I'm going to live here. Like you're, this is where you're going to live. You, you have a boyfriend now and he's not going to want to live here with you. So you're going to have to break up with him, even though there's nothing wrong with the relationship. Everything's fine. So when I told him, like, I see myself living in America, he was like, how are you just going to say that? Like, that's a thing. You have no friends, no family, no agent, no manager there. What, nothing is there for you. So why are you telling me this? Like, it's a real thing. I'm like, it's a real thing. I'm going to end up living in LA. Do you see yourself living there? He was like, no. I was like, from then I knew, like, that we're on borrowed time. And like, to him, he thought I was not delusional, but just like, okay. Right, right, my, right. My She's having dreams again. My girlfriend's going to move to America and be a star. Even my own agent, God bless my agent. She, my UK agent, I told her I wanted to make it big in America. And she was like, babe, you're not, you're not big here yet though. So <laughs> you need to make it big here first in Britain and then move to America and then do it then. And I was like, no, I'm going to be big in America first. I'm going to come out. Be big. And then I'll be big in Britain afterwards. And she was like, mm, it's not going to work. And she was wrong. Came out here. <laughs> came out here. Got Kevin Hart to exec produce my Netflix special. I've got movies coming out with Tim Story, Universal, Will Packer, everything. And I, I did that. I sold a show to NBC with Larry Wilmore. And I was no one in this town. And all that happened when I told everybody it would. And they all looked at me like I was crazy. And so... Because of that, I feel like when it comes to guys now, because I'm here and I've achieved everything I said I would, I'm more susceptible to finding the one now because yeah. there's not, there's nothing to stop me because I'm here now. I said I was going to move to America and I did and I live here. So now the next guy could be the one, you know, <laughs> who knows? So I'm very picky because I'm like, I only want to get married once, no kids, married once. <laughs> and so if I meet the one, I, 
He can't be a snorer. <laughs> That's it. That's all I Okay. Okay. No, no, no. London, we got to the wrong conclusion. I mean, you, were, you were like, you were setting up all the dominoes. Yeah. And then at the very end, instead, just of, not, instead of hitting the it. one and them all going down, you just they knocked were, the table over. Oh, oh man. my God. I so close. You were this close. But well, you know what, close. though? London be out here manifested, and that's the energy we mm. need for the callers, Andy. Okay? okay. Because yes. these people, they write us, they need us. Yes. They need yes. assistance. And we I have a master you. manifester I'm here. I'm very good. So. I love this. Okay. Why don't we take a quick break? And we'll be right back after this. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. And, and we're back, back with London Hughes, honey. Wait, London, no, we'll stop. The fact that you lot did that, t- do you do this every time? And and yeah. exactly, your sex must be so in sync. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Ah. Oh. Do you not come? No, this is. Tell me off, off, off air whether you lot orgasm at the same time because I feel like you do. Because the way you lot just said that together, that was, that was a dream. That did something to me. That really but I will did. tell you this though: we have been together thirteen years. Thirteen. So, yes. Yeah. Right. How old? Where, where? What? I know. I know. We're babies. We were babies, and so I think it is like knowing someone inside and out in a way that it's like oh that's insane but then also too because we don't have children you know yeah. just animals yes and so that also gives us a lot of time yeah right I respect for it. each other with each other and all that kind no of i get like this yeah. you not, do you not do tantric sex tantric you not absolutely would. not honey i'm too lazy no you <laughs> not would do tantric you should do tantric you would thrive in tantric sex you're very connected we're connected, but I thought you have to do like um, what's the word? You have to like bend and stuff. No, I thought was, like, no. Position. I thought you have to no. listen to the police. No, what's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Tantric sex is like breathing exercise. So like, oh. so like when he enters you, he puts his dick inside you, and then as he does, he blows into your mouth. Okay, this is my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and then you blow into his mouth, 
And like when you're pushing and pushing and your flow, your breath is going in and out and the dick is going in and out. And then you, your breathing oh, becomes in and sync and then it heightens your orgasm. Trust me. Trust me. The listeners are dying because they know I'm sex negative. And <laughs> London telling me to, how to have tantric sex. So basically just, it's like yoga. You're doing the like, yeah. uh, yes, it has some yoga. The, the breath it. work with it. And it's like yeah. so heightened. And then when you orgasm, it's like you orgasm at the same time because your body's intertwined. Because he's entered <laughs> the, you. the hand motions London is doing. <laughs> she says, your bodies are intertwined. They're you're basically intertwined. doing Warrior 2 while you're Yes, I'm sex. doing Yes. But, like, first of all, it's better than Warrior 2. It's more like Happy Baby. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like sexual happy babies. Um. <laughs> Andy, give us a damn question before she starts telling me more things to do. Sorry, I always Sexy lower the tone. Things. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's go with this one first. Hi, Indy and Naomi. I'm re-recording my message that I just left because I got carried away and also confused about what I was going to say. But basically, I'm calling because my brother was dumped today, majorly, because he got caught sliding into somebody's DMs Mm. and asking them if they had an OnlyFans. Mm. Ew. Um, And his girlfriend's saw it because the OnlyFans person sent her a screenshot and was like, FYI, your man slid into my DMs. And this is the second time something like this has happened, like a DMs cheating-related situation has happened. And they had a really big fight and then ended up staying together. And then now it's happened a second time. And... um. She just was like, it's over, this is stupid. And I don't blame her at all. That's probably what I would do in the same situation. Um, But basically, my problem is that my brother has cheated, like, whether that means in Instagram or in person, unlike every girlfriend that he's ever had, to my knowledge. Like, that's always how it ends. And... There have been times that our relationship was really bad because I he would call me and, like, want to talk about his relationship. And I'm just like, you are trash. Like, the way that you are treating women is trash. And if I were not your sister, I would definitely not, like, respect you. <laughs> and that probably sounds bad. But, like, no. still, you can't be cheating on people. Like, just don't cheat on people. I don't understand. Like, why do you date them if you're planning on, like, still hitting people up? in their DMs all the time. But basically my question is, how do I preserve my relationship with my brother, which hasn't always been good Hmm. when he keeps coming to me, like just saying stuff that makes me so mad. Like I'm in a relationship of three years. And if my boyfriend had been doing this shit, he wouldn't be my boyfriend anymore. We wouldn't still be together, but I just don't get what, what my brother's problem is with this, with the cheating. I want to be a good sister, but at the same time, I'm like, come on. So, anyway, let me know what you think. Thanks, guys. Naomi, I love you. <laughs> Hello. I like her. Me too. I like her. Me too. I, <laughs> I literally have, I feel for her because I have the same type of, I had the same type of brother. So, oi, oi, oi. I think 
do you need to, does she need my advice or do we listen to other people? Like, what no, are we doing? We're gonna do it one, one at a time. One? So tell me, one tell me, Alex, time? you got some experience with this. Tell us. Yeah, so my brother is definitely that type of man. Well, he's a changed man now he's married. But before he was married, he would get with every single one of my friends on my birthday. It no. was ridiculous. <laughs> I'd have a birthday party. I'd have a friend there and it would be my best friend at the time. Oh. And the next thing I know, two, three weeks later, she'd be like... So your brother is like, he's single. And I'd be like, yes, so why are you asking? And then I know why they're asking because they're texting or talking or whatever. And one time he was dating two of my friends at the same time. And they hadn't told me that they were dating him. And he had a football game one on Saturday and one on Sunday. And he brought one girl to the game on Saturday and another girl to the game on Sunday. And they both being at the game, they both felt this is serious now. So we should tell London the truth. So they both told me at the same time that they were dating my brother. The twist is I'm shocked because I'm like, then my dad calls and he's like, oh, your brother's coming over to introduce us to his new girlfriend. And I'm like, wait, what? He's going to bring one of the... Then I get to my dad's house and meet my brother's girlfriend and it's a different woman. <laughs> what? So not only was he dating two of my friends at the same time, he also had a girlfriend, <laughs> a serious one, who we introduced to the family that weekend. This is my brother. So when she's talking, yeah, I totally understand what she's saying. The truth of the matter is, you've got to be honest. You've got to be like, look... Unless you change your ways, you can't get this side of me. Like me and my brother, we've fallen out. I stopped talking to my brother for a year because he got with one of my friends on my birthday in the in the penthouse I paid for in in Barbados, and I was like, no, no, I can't. Yeah, no. I was just like, what are you like? It's unhealthy. Your unhealthy <laughs> attraction with my friends is ridiculous, and also he's jeopardizing your friendships. It's like, who and knows I stopped how he talking. Is? Yeah, yeah, I stopped talking to all these girls after. See? So. I remember like a just full-time being like, job, by the way. That is so much. I know, I three know. different women and like, okay, I you come know. Saturday, you come Sunday, then you come with me to my daddy house. It's like literally, a <laughs> literally. And I remember just being like, look, at the end of the day, I love this man. So she should be like, I love you, but I don't like you. And that's the truth. Mm. I always loved my brother, but did I like that he was gay with all my friends? No. <laughs> so like, I, she should be honest with him and be like, I'm going to have to have boundaries with you because I'm going to respect you less and less and less Mm -hmm. unless you change. And if I keep entertaining you, you're not going to change. And I want you to change. So until you change, you only get this part of me. You can't ring my phone and ask for advice about your love life or all these girls because you're just going to cheat on them. So at the end of the day, you choose. It's me and your respect for yourself or your trash ways. If you want to continue being trash, then you can have a sister that loves you but a sister that doesn't like you. And that's, mm-hmm. that's honest. That's yeah. reality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't even had a similar experience, but I agree it's the same way. Because like, she's sitting here like, how can I be, you know, how can we be okay? And it's like, you're not wrong. Like the person, yeah. you're not saying, it's it's not like you're out here, you know, saying like, he only likes redheads and I think he's crazy. It's like, no, he's no. doing bad things. Bad and I think things. That the only way people learn is, it's like, you know, you want to be in this world, the world where, like the world of humanity where we're supposed to at least have some basic level of decency. Wow. You have, well, yeah. but I'm saying like, at least in your family, you know what I mean? At the very least, it's like, it's true. It's like, just stop cheat. Like, 
If yeah, it, no. It's like just break up with somebody. Well, that seems just break that, up with somebody. I mean, it seems yeah. pathological, right? Well, yes, of course. Like there's something else going on. Where, no, obviously, his, her brother's really insecure. He so when guys do that and act like that, it's because they're trying to overcompensate for something. So either her brother's not happy in his life in terms of his career, not happy where he's reached in life, and what he can control is how he can get and use and abuse women, and that gives him satisfaction because it's like look at. I have made an impact on this person's life. They care so much when I cheat on them. They are happy with the disaster they've caused because they're powerful enough to cause it and it gives mm. them power. So that's why he cheats and openly cheats and does all that shit because it's, it's a power play. It's nothing there also to do with to it, it too. Like something to me is what I imagine. It's like, especially that insecurity, what a lot of people like, and we'll, everyone will all say, right? The beginnings of a relationship. Mm-hmm. The flirty early days are the best part. Before yeah. you really know each other, you oh, try yes. to impress each other. Those early days when you slide to someone's DMs and ask them <laughs> if they have an OnlyFans. Right. But I think that he likes that part of it. It's the jolt of the game. And that jolt when you're like, is the this person The excitement. My yeah, brother, what to say, he... my brother loves the chase. He loved, He liked the fact that he could get my friends. Like, I'm sure he wasn't interested in them to the level that they were interested in him. He just liked the fact that he could do it and they, sometimes older? we would talk yeah he's my older brother five years older than me five we would talk older. about it and he'd be like i can get any girl i want and i'm like okay i'm sure you can but he loved that and mm-hmm. i'm like i don't know if that's a flex when you're 37 <laughs> but okay like <laughs> like okay but like he's changed his ways he's mad he's happily married he's fine now but like i remember just being like hmm yeah. really is yeah. that you're my big brother and I can't even bring you around a new friend of mine because shit's gonna go left. She should definitely just give him ultimate ultimatums and that's the only way they'll change. Also growth. Yeah. But she has to give him ultimatum. She can't yeah. she sounded so stressful on that call, she can't be getting that stress over his life. She shouldn't True. be giving it that much energy. True. She really shouldn't. Andy, yeah. what do you think? Could you're looking at me like, hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's all strange to me. The whole thing is like like Sliding into people's DMs. Like, all this stuff is like... <laughs> like, the only time I've ever slid into someone's DMs was to ask them if they wanted their Tupperware back. Right. <laughs> I, I like that's Okay. See, I London, you just gotta find yourself a nerdy, delicate man. Listen, this is what I... You were the goal. Andy, you were, like, the goal. So, I, when I first moved to LA, I was like, I want a nerdy Jewish guy. Like, <laughs> that is literally... And then my friend was like, go on J-Swipe. J-Swipe? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I was on J-Swipe. And like, they were all the guys there that I was talking to, they were fetishizing me. It was very, uh-huh. oh, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah, a bit yeah, like, oh, maybe yeah. I don't want a nerdy Jewish guy. And my friend was like, they'll fuck you, but they'll never take you home to their mom. And I was like, oh, okay. Maybe I can't date a Jewish guy. Not in 2022. I think that was, tr- that would have been true 20 years ago. I think yeah. now, but it's like. Yeah, you I'll love s- my parents six months in. Four months in, fool. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, you're not going to get with an Orthodox dude. You know what I mean? Like, he's not probably taking home the family. Like, you can find yourself a nice little Jew, boo. And just like, yes. And just like, you need a middle class Jew. Yeah, I do. Not like a bougie. No. I like, I like, so I usually date guys who are um, rich in fort yet broke in wallet. And that is, 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 so I would like, I would like a Jewish guy who actually also has money, which, which is, which isn't the stereotype. It's terrible because it's not true. That's it's true. definitely exactly. not. I know several broke Jewish people, okay? <laughs> several. So I don't know where that came from. But yes, <laughs> I need a guy that's like, 
a nice Jewish guy who also, you know, is creative, rich mm-hmm. in thought, has got something to say, then has money. Because only because I have money, he needs to have money too. Otherwise, we can't afford our lifestyle. Exactly. And then he needs to be not fetishize black women. So if you right. know, Andy, if you know anyone like that, well, that's the question. Ooh, you don't. This is a tall order. This is a tall yeah. order. Yeah. Well, no, because I think the not fetishizing, it can happen if you get with somebody who has, like, who grew up in a city and grew up around different people. I think the problem yeah. is, like, when you get a, a shelter kind of person where it's like, oh, it's a it's a brown girl. You oh, know, it's a brown thinking... British girl. So he just, like, lost his marbles. Right. He was right. just like, what kind of, what are you? What type <laughs> of black are you? What? <laughs> oh. What is it? Like, so confused. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. the opposite. It is usually, like, uh, wealthier folks that are doing the fetishizing that are, like, like the dude you dated, the uh, Israeli vegan investment banker. No, no, Israeli vegan investment banker, he wasn't fetishizing, but he certainly, like, it was, I know, honey, who did a semester abroad at a, at a historically black college. So that was too much. <laughs> wait, that was too me. much. He lived it's, in Harlem, wait, too. <laughs> it was too much, London. Wait. Israeli vegan investment banker has to be a character. Is it a character in Fleabag? I don't know. Like, is that a real person? Girl, girl. I think was it eight months, nine months together. Had me a real person that what's her face is dated. Who? Phoebe Waller Bruce. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Certainly an investment banker. Israeli vegan Israeli vegan investment banker is the best like code name. I know. He was good for early stand up. I mean. He also did his semester abroad at a historically black college okay. in um, in Atlanta. He lived in Harlem. So I remember we oh. met because we were both at a friend, like a mutual friends party in Brooklyn and we'd split a cab uptown together, you know, in New York where I was like, oh, great. And so we're just talking. Nice boy. But then he asked me out. I said, okay, okay. You know, okay. I said, he's working at Goldman Sachs. Let's see. But. It was. It was a whole. I remember one time his parents were in town and we were and they were going to dinner. I was not invited. The parents were not having me. Okay, because oh, wow. they were serious. They were having me. And so there was like I remember like waiting in his apartment because dinner was going er- later. So I was like waiting in his room for him to be done with his parents, and it was just like, what even is this? No, you know. But like he that. seemed like he seemed like especially I think because I would have been what twenty five, twenty six. He had like a real job with money and stuff, you know, when I thought, ooh, that's so cool. That's yeah. I remember when I dated my first investment banker bay and I was just like, <laughs> I was, I, I was doing kids television dressed as a duck three times a week, you know, and like <laughs> he had a serious job and just bought a flat. And I was like, oh, you're a, you're a serious person. Right. I'm, right. Yeah. You're an yeah. adult person. Like you don't eat McDonald's for breakfast. Right. Like you, like you have, you make poached salmon and poached eggs and you like do stuff. I'm like, oh, you're a real human. I get yeah. it. Yeah. I get it. But I, I feel like, I feel like I want to go to New York because the way you talk about New York, you make it sound like the way you guys met, you shared that cab and you're going to a friend's party. Like that's such a meet cute. That I would never even imagine being from the UK. That would never happen. Well, and I've never, trickier. I've never been to New York. Maybe I need to get New York guys and try that. I've never oh, been absolutely! To New York. Oh, 100%. And a New York guy, like a New York, a New York Jewish boy, honey. Yeah, you have a higher chance of someone who's like gets it a little yeah. more. And isn't going to look at you like you're a sexy alien. Yeah, I want to go. I'm going to New York for the first time next month. So. I'm going to... Okay, you're going to New York and then you're going to the UK? You have a mm-hmm. lot going on. Oh, you've never, like, run into someone on the tube and, like, and like hit it off? Yes, I have. That's, yes, of course. But it's not as fun. It's not... <laughs> those guys wouldn't be 
investment. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I've actually, I have, I have, I have. Wait, to how long honest, are you going to be in New York? How long are you going to be there? So I'll be there for just like a week and some change. I'm doing my show to catch a bouquet at the New York Comedy Festival. Oh, yes. So, we love that. Yeah, Wait, which venue? Where are you going to be performing? Oh, my God. Union something. Union, Union Hall? Perfect. Union Hall. Union Hall. We love that. Yeah, it's that probably be great. Yeah. Oh, is it? It's just like a nice little venue. It's my yeah. first time performing in New York. I don't know if I have New York fans. I'm sure I do. Oh, you so, absolutely oh, do. I don't know. 100%. I don't know. It's going to be so, so fun. It's one of the small that's, venues. Just I love me it. and them. But Wait, yeah. The relationship you're in now, is that an open relationship? Can you? Yeah, like... no. He thinks I'm in a relationship, but I have told him I'm single. <laughs> so, so, okay, wow. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. wow. Okay. He's single too. We Listen to this. We've known each other four weeks. That's okay, it. Okay. So it's okay. early days, but he's yeah. already like, I know I want you. You're the one for me. I'm going to marry you. It's all about you. And I'm like, I can't fault you. You're a great guy, but also it's been four weeks. No, no, you're And correct. also I'm you're toxic right. and I'm a little bit toxic. So <laughs> therapy? No, because I feel like I, you know, my thing is this year, when you're in therapy, you're supposed to be really honest with your person, like whoever your, your therapy, therapist. And I'm such a stand up that I know I'm just going to start performing for her and lying and wanting to impress her. But and you'll get a therapist, him. a good therapist will call it out. Like a good therapist. Cause I'm, no, but I'm, I'm good. I, I don't know, man. I just feel like. Nothing, there's nothing about you London that a real good like a trained therapist won't be able to like tell meaning like really? they'll know if you're like and also you say before because I'm I just started seeing a new person and, you know and I told her too like of course like well what do you do for a living and I kind of tell her that and like there'll be times we're talking and she goes she said to me she goes good joke let's talk about what's underneath this she is the thing I can't help it me. Yeah. I can't help it especially with strangers I don't know I know, know I know you. You're no, I know. I know. You're but getting to like... catch a dick. Five, the opening fives. That's what you're getting. I'm doing the seagull. I'm doing the seagull for you, my friend. Like, I can't be vulnerable with you. I don't know you. So, no. And this is, I know myself. It's just a waste of money, I think. I just feel like it wouldn't do me any good. And I, I know my thoughts, flaws, and my faults. I know what's wrong with me. So, yeah. I just my and my mom and dad they're be- my mom and dad are divorced they barely agree on anything because they're so opposite they had no business being together in the first place I'm so glad they got divorced I mean happy they made me that's why I'm so <laughs> epic because I've got two complete individual different people that came together to have me bless the world with me and then married they our people they said we're done they said we're done yes. yeah they and said we done. did what we could do we did our best we did our best and like my mom and dad both agree that i don't need therapy my dad was like oh what are you going to talk about the fact that you had a great childhood or uh, the fact that your your career is doing so well what are you going to talk about what are you going to oh my life is so hard i moved to america and within a year the biggest comedian in the world produced my netflix special <laughs> and i was like dad all right Chill out. Oh, okay. that's so funny. And my mom was like, no, you've got nothing to worry about. You're fine. You're gorgeous. You live in Los Angeles. <laughs> well, you just want it for fashion. Not everything's about fashion, you know, London. And that is literally what my you parents told me. You want a therapist me. for fashion. She was like, you just want nothing everything's about fashion, babe. No. And my dad's like, oh, yeah. Y'all got to talk to her about what happened in Real Housewives. Okay. So literally... <laughs> And there's no point me having therapy because my parents both think I shouldn't have it. <laughs> then I have to ask, what's the plan to overcome this toxic part of you? I'm trying to. So I'm dating this guy still, Andy. Like, d- can you not see the growth, Andy? I would have broken up with him by now. He snores. And I'm still with him. I sleep 
rabbit, Andy. And I'm with a man that sleeps like a chainsaw having sex with several other chainsaws. Chainsaw orgies. <laughs> Orgy chainsaws coming out of his mouth Daisy every chainsaws. night. Literally. And I stayed with him. That is growth. That's the growth. That's the growth. Gr- can you not see the growth? Tell can, me that I you see the growth. I cannot argue No, you're judging me. Results. I don't want you to judge me. <laughs> no, he's not I'm judging. I'm I'm not, I, said, I said I can't argue with results. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Do you, Okay. Look, we're at, we're at an hour. Do you have time for one more? Or, or? Uh, Yeah, I'm here. It's Saturday. We're chilling. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah one I'm more. Glad to, I'm glad to pull party after this. I can spend some time oh. with you. Yeah. Life is good. All right. This comes to us. I'm not sure where. Either get, DM, get, yeah, either get, DM or Gmail something. Okay. Something okay. written. Okay. Oh. Hi, Naomi and Andy and fabulous guest. Accurate. Accurate. That's me. I would like some advice from you, particularly from your famously sex-neutral, <laughs> sex-neutral, sex-negative <laughs> perspective. I am really struggling with a mismatch in sexual needs in my marriage. Oh. I am in the less common position of being a woman who needs sex and general intimacy way more than my husband. I love my husband. He's my best friend and favorite person, but he has grown progressively more disinterested in sex. Mm. Uh. Meanwhile, I am raging in the middle of my dirty 30s (laughs) and taking hormone therapy, which makes me aggressively horny all the time. It is really hurtful as a woman to have uh, your person and the only one you're allowed to have sex with the rest of your life just not be into it. Mm -hmm. I know there are factors on his side that contribute, but it's hard not to take it as wholesale rejection. For some context on both of us, I suffered a sexual assault in college, and I have worked very hard to regain proud ownership of my body and my sexuality, and it's something that is very important to me. Mm -hmm. It sometimes feels like it's just another man controlling my sexuality in a different way. Oh. Oh. I also have a chronic illness that often puts me at odds with my body, and sexuality is a nice way to center that relationship. My husband was diagnosed with diabetes about four years ago and has had some ED issues. He refuses to really talk to me about it, and it is not open to therapy. No. Uh-oh. Uh, I know this is playing a large role for him, but he's not, he is just not dealing uh, by not dealing with he's it. He's dealing with it by not dealing with uh, it. Ah, he is just, yeah. thank you. The idea of consensual non-monogamy sounds wonderful in theory, but I fear even broaching the topic will hurt him. Yeah. Uh-oh. Parentheses. See, this is why sex work should be legal and normalized. If I could just have a standing appointment to get deep dicked every Thursday uh, and then go on, I could live my life. I'd be very confident. And parentheses. I talked to three different therapists about this. The first said, well, that's fine because women don't like penetrative sex anyway. What the hell? That is not a therapist. I ain't going to a therapist. That is a, you just went on the Joe Rogan Reddit. Exactly. That's not a therapist. The second one told me I absolutely couldn't talk to my husband about how this affects me because it would make him feel more insecure. Who are these Where are you finding these people? Where are you finding these therapists? Where are you finding these people? See, and that's why she doesn't come to us. Because these therapists out here See, crazy. I'm just going to come to you guys. I'm, this is, was you know what I said I, about not getting therapy? This yeah. is just confirming. Again, that was like you went on the InfoWars uh, board. Okay. The third yeah. basically told me I needed to act like a 1950s housewife so it'd feel more like a man. Oh, so, yeah. I need real oh. help. Oh, my God. Please let oh. me know your thoughts on how to navigate and balance this. Love you all. Holy fuck. First of all, we just have- Holy I, fuck. Those therapists. I geez. love you, and I'm so sorry yeah. that you- 
had to pay somebody, okay? A copay. Three people. Three, three, three. At least to tell you. And I you, use people in quotes. To tell you some bullshit. To tell bullshit. you a whole fucking host of lives. I am so sorry. All three of those people. I am so sorry. Oh, wow. That shit so, is crazy. So this is the thing. I can relate to this too. Tell it. To. Tell it. Tell it. I feel, I feel, I fear for her because my mom, as prudy as she was, my mom was like, my mom sat me down a couple of years ago and she was like, are you getting enough sex? And I was like, why? And she was like, because they don't tell you this when you're younger, but it's, it stops when you get older. And women, as we get older, we want, we usually want more sex and men, they, their libidos kind of decline and they don't. And. She was like, okay, Andy, come on. I am praying every day for my libido to die. Come on. Okay for it. But she basically was just like, get as much sex as you can now because it's it's not promised. Sex is not promised, right? (laughs) And so I remember thinking like, okay, cool. Would what would it be like if I was with someone who's not having sex with me and I genuinely was talking to my mum about it because I'm sure my mum's 70 and my stepdad's 69 they're not having sex but I feel sorry for my mum because she wants to be dicked down at 70 but she's not and so I don't want to end up like my mother not being dickless at 70 so I was just like (laughs) I need to make sure I'm with someone that was into it and my ex-boyfriend he was like her her guy he in the beginning he was dicking me down all the time and then he just kind of was like and I've just got such a strong sex drive like I never turn down sex and I had to just be like no I I can't stand for this like I don't Mm -hmm. and I and you know don't do what I did because I said to him if you don't have sex with me someone else will and that we got into an argument about yeah, that. Yeah, that's uh-huh. not. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. don't do that. Don't do that, babe. But you should have a deep, meaningful conversation with with your husband, husband, mm-hmm. husband, husband, love of your husband. life, best friend, love of your life, and just be like, especially with what she's been through in the past. He should want to be making his queen happy. He should be want to make like, whoa, what? You can't put your dick in her for like half an hour on a Thursday, or your life is so hard. Like, oh. Like, he should want to please her. And if it's a big problem, big enough to write into it to the couple's therapy podcast, then surely he could hear that and know that his wife is needs him, needs his dick. She well, there's also, it. like, also, too, right? If he does have some erectile dysfunction issues, we also need to be talking about the alternatives to the actual Wait, does dick. he have that? Yeah, yes. she said ED issues due to some diabetes. So I'm uh, like, let's get some toys. Let's plenty. get some There are plenty of other things you can like, do. You can Wait, still be close and, you know. What's erectile dysfunction? Having a hard time. Can't get it up or keep it up. You know, can you be that either one? Uh, or both, you know, but yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the noise I made put it all <laughs> into perspective. Scientific. Ooh, I didn't know if a reptile dysfunction was you couldn't get it up or you came too quickly. I didn't know, but it can't First get one. it up. Yeah. yeah. So this is the thing. He should be wanting to please her. So yeah, Viagra and all of that stuff works apparently. So he can surely. Also, like, but see, this is the thing. There's, there's, other, the, there's parts, other parts of his body. I don't want to go too far into it. Yeah, why don't you explain to the <laughs> listeners and to her husband what parts of his body he can use? You know? Because I'm sure you'd like to tell. Like, what are no, as much as, as, oh, as no. much as. We, do, we, we, we put Andy, a, a hard heart, line in the sand about what we're going to talk about in this what show. What could you <laughs> use? <laughs> I would like to know. Because Andy's like, so mischievous. She's a rascal. Andy said, She's a Andy rascal. Said, oh, I don't have a libido problem. Ooh, so talk your shit. What? <laughs> you boy up. I know talk he did. He shit. shouldn't have. Hands, said, toys, mouths. Okay, there are okay. other parts. Okay. 
There are other parts you can get active. Oh my you can God. get he, active. Yeah, because we don't know. Is he trying to like go down on her at least? Because if he can't dick her down, he must be able to make her. But this is what his... she's saying. I mean, she's not get. She's not getting it right. Like he's yeah. obviously not doing the other things, or at least, or I think she would have mentioned that. But I yeah. think the other thing too is like what she said too is like he's dealing with it by not dealing with it. That is a problem in a marriage, whether it is money or sex or, you know, whatever. That's not how you maintain a happy relationship with somebody. Because all you're nope. getting is resentment. And Lord mm. knows her resentment is building up. Mm. I fear that they're going to get divorced. That's what my God told me when she was when Well, I to but it. this is why, though. To me, mm. to me, you don't get divorced over erectile dysfunction or mismatch in libido. You get divorced over not dealing. Dealing with, with it. Exactly. He exactly. Ain't dealing it. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like there has to be, and so that's why I'm so fucking pissed that she had these those therapists. The therapist yeah. that like his ego. That's this is the thing. And again, like like it, it the world we live in, which is like so, like so protective of the like fragile male ego. It's just like mm-hmm. fuck that. Look, he's got to face this shit. And maybe like you don't have to like confront him. With, you don't have to like hold his face up to the abyss <laughs> so that like right. he has to like like. But like. To, to like protect his little ego over this stuff to like to deny your own pleasure to preserve his like little fragile tiny ego is like Stupid. fucked up do you think all these male i said all these male therapists so all these therapists know, were right? men i feel I like they were so. all men or, yeah. i assume so or like yeah. women who are like stuck in or non-binary folks who are stuck in although i think probably if you recognize yourself as non-binary you've broken out of kind of like toxic masculinity no, you can be non-binary and toxic masculinity. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can be. You can. You can maintain toxicity. You know yeah, what? you I can be a toxic still have some non-binary to- bastard. Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, Trust you me. Can. That's so true. Whatever gender, whatever yeah. gender, uh, or wherever they fall on the gender spectrum, these therapists are. They are stuck in this kind of like toxic masculinity, or they're stuck in the paradigm of toxic masculinity, and so all of their thoughts are filtered through that. Through the um, fact that he has ED. Or this is like she doesn't want to hurt his feelings, right? Because basically, it sounds like she's trying to d- deal with this, and he don't want to deal with it. And so the thing is, though, but I think the problem is there. There has to be a conversation, and I do think, and I, ugh, I can't, I cannot, in good conscience, given what this person has been through, be like, go find a therapist. No. But there needs to be a third party because there are sex therapists, people who literally just deal yeah, with sex that yeah, maybe but... you can talk to somebody just about that part. No, but she doesn't need to talk about, he does. He no, needs he does. To go, yes, yes, yeah. yes. But he I'm needs wondering, to go to a sex therapist. But I'm wondering, though, would it um, help to go together? Meaning it, it won't feel as much like, Go fix yourself, and more no, like but he let's needs address to fix this. As a, himself, I know no? he does. I fix know. Yourself. I, <laughs> fix yeah. your fucking self. <laughs> your know. wife wants some dick. Fix your shit. The man walked on the moon. Donald Trump became president. You can dick down your wife. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like that's Andy, the truth. That's the clip, Andy. That's the clip. Okay, <laughs> that's the clip. <laughs> like, come on. Like crazier right. things have happened. Right. Like this isn't. We she shouldn't be out here in these streets yelling for help from strangers but on a podcast. Especially because it's like obviously there's other stuff going on with him, right? Like it's not that simple. Fix he's your like, shit. He, he's dealing with some is other stuff underneath. But how do you make somebody? You can't make somebody. Well, handle you can their leave somebody though. I know. It's like I would be. I'm an ultimatum chick. I'm just gonna be like, listen. Either you dick me down, or I'm getting a divorce. What do you want? And if he wants you and he loves you, 
he'd be willing to put his minor inconvenience of having to talk to someone about his ED aside yeah. to save his marriage. Well, you know? I wonder too, yeah. especially I would also think too, again, a person you're married to, they also know this stuff about you, meaning knowing yeah. that you have dealt with sexual assault and have worked to reclaim your body. They yeah. know that you have um, what she said, like a health condition that means her body, you know, sometimes um, doesn't kind of do what she wants it to do, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 so like your partner knows all this about you. And so that's the other reason why it's like, you know where I'm at. You know what I'm what I'm dealing with. And he's not even going to meet you halfway. Like, and it's about the halfway. Not, and I think yeah, that's, that's almost it. what that conversation should be. I think I think when you say the ultimatum, I think it's almost got to be worded. It's it's got to be sort of the same idea, but mm. just worded in a very like, you know, I love you. Mm. These are the things I've been dealing with, and I do not think I continue to, s- to stay in a relationship with somebody who's not willing to meet me halfway. Yeah. that's the kind like that you can yeah. say you know because it, cause it's a little less because I think whenever we're dealing with any our partner or any person right when basically we just want to be understood we can't put them on their heels because when you automatically that's put somebody true. in defensive mode they just kind of go fuck it and it's like no I don't want to blow this up like we're married I love you yeah, yeah I want you to meet me here and I want I want to help you and I want you to help me and I want you to be willing to help me mm-hmm and, and so if that, he's not willing, that exactly. that speaks that's, volumes. Right. That's the problem. That is the problem. The fact that he, it's not his little, he doesn't have little dick. It's not his dick. <laughs> right. It's not his penile issue. It's not his penile right. issue. It's him not willing to want to work through it to please you or right. to, to, to help the marriage. Right. Maybe he doesn't realize what a big deal it is. So maybe it could be her fault. Like she really hasn't hammered home. Like I'm literally at my wits end with that. So maybe she should try really, really putting it on him and being like, look, I don't know if I've been clear enough, but I'm being crystal now. Yeah. This is how I feel. I know. And- Do letters or emails help you guys? I wouldn't. I mean, again, you guys are married. So I'm like, you have a conversation, but if he she is the kind slide of slide into his DMS and ask, Oh my God. <laughs> Honestly, I just feel sorry for it. I felt sorry I know, for both sad. of the people that have called, it, called in. Yeah, they called yeah. in. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. I feel sorry for our callers today. <laughs> like, oh, sad out there. I know. It's really hard. Honey, it's hard. And it's like, it's also though, it is, I always appreciate the most when people who are married or in long-term relationships call in because I think especially when I was single or early days, like I always thought I just need a man and then everything will be fine, right? Like yeah. a boyfriend, a boyfriend. And then it's like, no no the work is just beginning exactly. what it is to go through with somebody like go through the changes in their lives in your life then you make your joint life and everything i was like so i like when people because like yeah the shit's hard the shit's hard it's hard it's really hard and to and just the whole premise of like someone being your boyfriend like so you're a person a human being stranger that i want to just hang out with all the time now <laughs> and that and like we've made a secret bond and we have to hang out all the time now. And if you hang out with other people, then I'm leaving you forever. Like, even just the <laughs> premise of that is crazy. But love and falling in love and being in a marriage and being in relationships, it's work. Yeah. It's work. And I think people forget that. They get complacent. And I think this dude is a little bit complacent, a little bit lazy, a yeah. little bit yeah. not realizing the gem that he's got in his bed right now, every mm-hmm. night, you know? The woman, his best friend, the woman he married. Get your vows out again. Do you know what I mean? Mm. All of that sickness and health in ED and in whatever, I'm sure. <laughs> it's in the in, Bible. It's in the Bible. Everything. In ED and E. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. In ED yeah. and E. Like, yeah. In dysfunction and function. In dysfunction, yeah. erectile dysfunction and dysfunction. So, ah, 
can you what do you do do you like send them care packages and <laughs> no we Every don't week, do you we know get if we get our shit like together adopt, maybe they would get treats like when you adopt a lion will we get updates on what happens next sometimes so, we, we do ask people to send right. an update yeah, and please so, both, yeah. both, both callers please personally send me an update my Instagram is the London News and just <laughs> let me know What's going on? Because uh, I'm heavily invested in these stories. Yes, yes. Yeah. The thing, heavily invested. The thing is, too, also that both of our countries are linked by uh, deep repression and yes. deep, like, deep shame around, yes. like, just living. About, like, having a body. Right. Yes. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And then people Ugh. just act out because they don't know what to do with all these feelings and wants. But, you know, my, this, again, this, you... First of all, you are doing, you are taking the steps and doing the work. First of all, you tried, you talked to three professionals. They were not very professional. Fuck them. No. You have talked to your partner. You're calling into your favorite podcast. Okay. That's a beautiful step. And I think that like, all you can do is your part and be honest. And you know, you will know what needs to be done when the time comes. I think yeah. is what, which, in, whatever that means. Him. Divorce him. Oh, see, now, <laughs> oh, no. see, this one, see, London doesn't pop it. Get her ass to her pool party. London got a pool party. She over here telling people to get divorced. D-I-V-O-R-C-E. Yes, it's the best thing my parents ever did. I'm pro-divorce. Divorce him. You do your first, you said she's in your dirty thirties. Watch to catch a dick. After that, divorce him. Seriously. <laughs> like, you deserve to have a match. This, this weekend alone, what day is it? Today is Friday. This last Saturday. weekend. Saturday last weekend the guy that I'm not even in love with made me come 10 times back to back he went down on me and was like let's see how many times you can orgasm and he made me have 10 consistent orgasms that all flowed one after the other after the other after the other he was down there for two days and this man I don't love him we're not married we're not like do you know what I mean and he's doing that for me there's a man out there for you, honey bun. There's a man out there that will make you come all over his dick. Trust me. And if it's not the one you're married to, you'll meet a new one. Trust me. Life's too short for this shit. Trust me. Divorce him. Well, that's our episode. That's the episode. No. London Hughes. London. 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 You knew Thank what was you. happening when I came on the show. I, I know it. I know it. You knew. You knew. I know. You knew. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm sorry for lowering the tone, but I was just passionate about it. Like, life's too short, man. No, Get I think you're dick. right. Sit on his face. Just just go home and sit on his face and see what he does. You know? You know? You're married. Sit on his face and see what happens. That's my advice. Before you divorce him, sit on his face and see what happens. <laughs> Okay, you guys, with that, with that nugget, that pearl of wisdom, we're going to see you next week. Bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com